whereas I look at it the other way that that bucket gets too heavy when we get too much crap in it. And it could be just simple things. Day-to-day -day stuff fills up our bucket. Could be big events, death in the family, um, you know, child with an illness, things like that that get dumped in our bucket um, that can fill it up quite quickly. And it's managing that and being able to, I guess, be present enough to step back and go, you know what, my bucket is full of crap and I need a holiday, I need a break. You know, whatever it is you do to empty that bucket so you can come back and start again. G'day guys, welcome to another episode of the Humans of Agriculture podcast. I'm just firstly, I just wanted to start off by saying thank you to each and every one of you that have tuned in, have listened, passed on the podcast, or yeah, if, you, if you've been a long-time listener or a first-time listener, thanks for coming along and listening to some of these incredible stories about people who are shaping the world we live in through our food system. Today's episode was recorded on Yorta Yorta Country. We're uh, doing something pretty cool. We're sitting here at Yarrawonga Golf Club. We're overlooking the 18th hole. We're not on some fandangle golfing weekend, unfortunately, but it does sound pretty good, doesn't it? We're in town for the Riverine Plains Innovation Expo. And off the back of Mary O'Brien's session, we thought we'd grab her for a bit of a chat out in the sun and chat about her work through AE Bogmate and just mental health in the bush. Mary travels right around Australia running workshops. Her approach is really simple. She starts conversations using references and terminology that people can actually relate to. She talks about balancing your buckets and how your bucket can be overfilled. And the simple analogies which she talks through is really eye-opening, but also just wraps your head around how quickly um, potentially mental health things can come um, out of the blue or, or they can be bubbling away in the background for quite some time. But I think I just wanted to start off by running through some stats around suicide. And Mary's work is especially focused on men and supporting men in the bush. So 76% of all suicides are men. Of all the deaths of people aged 20 to 24, 40% of those deaths are from suicide. And absolutely staggering, this blew me away. For every one death, there are 30 suicide attempts. So I wanted to sit down with Mary. I wanted to understand a little bit about her background and like how she ended up in this field. But why, understanding why people are getting bogged. What are some of the simple steps that we can look for to make sure that we're looking after ourselves, but also looking after those around us. I know this conversation is around mental health. And so if you or someone you know is needing help, you can reach out to our friends over at the TX helpline. They're available on 04888-46988. Or if you're in urgent assistance, reach out to Lifeline on 13 11 14. Yeah, I thought we'd take the chance to sit down with you here at Riv Plains after you, you spoke this morning. And I think I've seen a lot of your work over socials. And so I'm keen just to find out a little bit more about you and what is Are You Bogged and kind of the impact that you guys are having. And, um, but also too, like really what got you into the space and how people can, if they're um, not attending your workshops as such or your presentations, where, where they can go to um, start to just, I guess, shift this stigma around mental health, particularly for blokes in the bush. So it's good to chat with you. Yeah, thanks for having me. I, um, I, I guess, look, the, the honest truth is it all started by accident. I never set out to start an organisation or... Um, create a movement or, or do anything. I literally wrote an article, an opinion piece, and told people what I thought. And it turns out a few people agreed with me that um, 
I guess my, my work in spray application that took me around the country um, really hit home when we lost two guys to suicide in my area. And the fact that I'm travelling around the country speaking mainly to men, was there something I could do about it? So that's, I guess, where it started from. And just writing that opinion piece and using that analogy, um, I like to think I'm a pretty simple person. I like to keep things simple. Like, don't overcomplicate it. Don't make this hard. Don't use big fancy words. And um, so I guess I've just dripped back the bullshit. Can I say bullshit? Just yeah, did. you can say whatever just you did. like. Um, <laughs> strip back the bullshit and the complexity that people try and put around this topic and keep it simple and make it user-friendly. Um, and that's really an approach I've taken with a spray application workshops that I do around the country. And I guess it's being able to communicate in the language that they need, the, the language that they want. Um, don't give them 15 take-home points. Give them a top three. Here's your top three. Can you do this, this and this? Mm. And so that's what I'm doing with this is really just taking that same approach, understanding how men communicate differently to women. And I do talks for women as well, for just groups of women. And um, you actually get better engagement if you split them into men and women. And I love talking to just groups of blokes or just groups of women. Um, but yeah, it's keeping it simple, giving them some ideas on, on things to look for, how to look out for their mates and, um, you know, what's, what's something that they can do every day for themselves to look after their own mental health. Yeah. And so like, did this start just on the side of doing, uh, like your, your spray drift and your spray sessions that you thought, oh, I'm just going to try it. Like breaking a session up this week and, and see how it sticks. No, well, it really just started with that article. And then people would say, if I was doing a spray workshop, they'd say, oh, at the end, can you just spend five minutes talking about being bulked? And I was like, yeah, yeah, no drama. And so I did quite a few spray workshops like that, where just at the end, I'd just talk about the, the bogged article and the analogy of mental health and depression is like getting bogged. And then it started sort of, oh, can you come and talk for 15 minutes about being, oh, can you talk for half an hour? Oh, can you, you know, like... Thought, Park your day job. Yeah, I might, um, I might actually need a couple of slides to go with this. Sort of once it got to half an hour, I thought, how am I going to stand up and talk for half an hour about something I actually have no qualifications in? Um, so it literally just started like that organically and just, yeah, people started asking more and more, can you come and talk about this? Can you come and, you know, fill up a, an hour slot at a field day? And it's like, Ooh, okay. And the demand just grew. And now my calendar's booked out six months in advance. I really don't have time for spray application. And so is it something like you're, are you running workshops off the back of it or it is really just kind of that, that provoking thought and giving like we'll talk about your shit buckets in a second but um yeah just giving people a way to understand and talk about just breaking this barrier it's basically what i've done to that's what i do i travel around the country and do that um and the blokes in particular love it but lots of the rural women love it you know country women love it as well that because a lot of them and even had a lady this morning said to me as she walked like she was a pastor on the way out to the car and she said, oh, what you said made so much sense to me. I know you focused on men, but what you said made sense to me. And so I think that's when we get into rural areas, we're looking at people who are practical um, and and they like that practical approach. And in, in terms of like what I, what I loved in your session today, it was funny. You got um, four people up and we can talk about the buckets, I think, because that just makes so much sense in terms of what fills your bucket up and everyone has a different size bucket. But... Um, well, yeah, I guess just starting off, can you explain that analogy to us of what you use with buckets? Yeah, so the, I guess a lot of people talk about 
a bucket being full in a good way and, and the good things, you know, fill up your bucket with good things and good people in your life. Um, whereas I kind of look at it the other way, that we've all got a bucket, but the the aim is it to keep it as empty as you can, I guess, um, because I talk about the bucket getting heavier when crap gets dumped in it. And so we don't want heaps of crap. Once we get too much crap in that bucket, it's too heavy and we can't manage it. So, yeah, so I guess it's the opposite to the to the norm of good things are in your bucket. Whereas I look at it the other way, that that bucket gets too heavy when we get too much crap in it. And it could be just simple things. Day-to-day stuff fills up our bucket. Could be big events, death in the family, um, you know, a child with an illness, things like that that get dumped in our bucket um, that can fill it up quite quickly. And it's managing that and being able to, I guess, be present enough to step back and go, you know what, my bucket is full of crap and I need a holiday, I need a break. You know, whatever it is you do to empty that bucket so you can come back and start again. Hey, it's Nick here, sheep farmer and Rabobank Regional Client Council member. I'm passionate about supporting our local community so we can improve community wellbeing and build strong local economies. My job as a client council member is to help secure funding for regional grassroots initiatives. Those that support education in ag, rural health, sustainability and help bridge the country-city divide. We've helped organisations like Boys to the Bush, funded school field days like Ag Vision and held succession planning workshops, just to name a few. If you have an idea to make a difference to regional Australia, go to our website at www.rabobank.com.au and nominate via our community fund. We'd love to hear from you. And it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because like so many rural people, and I think that was your point as well, it, there's the primary producer piece, but so many rural people building their lives around and, and who they are around what it is they do. And like that, that challenge, I think we, we're starting to see, I think Ash Barty this year, like Dylan Alcott's another one where like these, I'll say sports people and that, that side of things, where people are actually detaching the person from what they do. Yeah. And I think that it's a really interesting piece which kind of sparks my curiosity in this space of like, can we start to see that happening in ag? Like, yes, you are a farmer, but you're also a dad. You're also the local footy coach. and you. Yeah, I think it's different in ag as well, again, because, and I know a lot of other people don't go into an office to work essentially, but when you look at ag, um, particularly with primary producers, that is not just their office. It is their home. It has probably been their generational home where their grandparents grew up. Um, it's where they've raised their children. It's where they've lost where they've loved where this so much has happened essentially in their office mm. and so you know when we talk about indigenous people and connection to country i see that so strongly with primary producers that connection to that country um and and yeah so i, I don't know is it it's not um and i see all you know retired farmers are trying to retire um you know their wife's like come on time to retire and they're like no no um, because it is their identity. It's, um, I call it their, pa- their place in space. And so they, um, you know, if they're not a farmer, what are they? Mm. And if they retire to the city, um, what do they do? Um, yeah. Who are they if they're not on that farm? So it's, um, it is something pretty important. And I don't think we can negate it and say we can detach ourselves for it, from it. I know some people can detach themselves from it and go, it's just a piece of dirt. Yeah. 
Um, but I know that there's a lot of people who can't, and I get that. Yeah. So I guess it's, yeah, it's a it's a hard one, isn't it, when it comes to oh, it's so complicated, and it's like, it. yeah, I think of it as like high high performing individuals. Like so many farmers are such high performing individuals, and it's yeah, it's a real it's a real mindset piece. Like it's it's an interesting fact, and and the work you're doing, like the stats, um, the scary part, like is that the stats are getting worse than, yep. before they're getting better. Like does that does that affect you? Like when or how do you keep, I guess, focused on what the impact is that you can have as one person? So, I, you know, I do have to remind myself that I can't save them all. And I, I do actually literally say that to myself a lot. I can't save them all. Um, because what I do now, often the first phone calls on a Monday are people I know who know a bloke who know a bloke, knew a bloke who's just taken their life over the weekend. So that can be the start of my week. Um, and a lot of people ask me how I manage my bucket. You I was know, ask that how do you manage next. your bucket? Well, yeah. there must be so much crap getting dumped in your bucket. Um, so I guess I've got to get it in perspective that I can't save them all. But um, another one of my favourite sayings is, "Rome wasn't built in a day, but I wasn't on that job." <laughs> so um, it's keeping it real and and I guess managing my bucket. And I I talk about a shit shoot. So instead of the shit going into my bucket, I can still listen to these people, I can still hear them, and I can still empathise, but I can't take on board their stuff. It's got to go past me. Yep. So that doesn't mean that there's stories or situations out there that I don't get a bit of splatter. Um, and there's, yeah, there's been times where I've come home and gone, right, I need to go in the garden for a couple of days because that's how I empty my bucket. Um, and yeah, step back from that and put it in perspective. Take a couple of days to do that because yeah, some of the stories I hear are pretty raw. Mm. So um, from men and women, but yeah, some of the things that blokes tell me they've never told another living soul. And so I can't take that on and put it in my bucket because there's enough going on in my world to fill up my bucket at the best of times. So yeah. Well, like what's the, the impact? That, like, do you see yourself growing more people besides just you, Mary, as part of this are you bogged, mate, piece? Or, or is it something that you just feel really passionately and strongly about? Look, it is something that um, I guess at this point, and there certainly has been discussions within the organisation of um, how do we multiply Mary, essentially, doing yeah. more Marys, which I'm not sure the world is ready for. Um, <laughs> but it, it's, I guess it's the, the life experience that I bring to it. Um, and my perspective that I bring to it that I can't really teach to someone else to teach them to do this. So what I'm really hoping to do, you know, obviously at some point someone's going to have to start doing what I do. But at this point we're looking to bolt other things on. What are other things that a bolt mate can do for communities, for individuals or for families, um, rather than just have a whole heap of Marys out there talking about buckets of crap. Yeah. So, yeah, we look, we're exploring a few other avenues of, different things that we can do as an organisation that doesn't involve Mary being away on the road for six weeks at a time. So Yeah. I'm, I'm interested on this, like maybe more of a career piece around that. So you started your career in the, the spraying world and then all of a sudden, I guess, this new career just kind of emerged. Like Yeah, well, I actually started on the land, like on a property um, yeah. out in southwest Queensland. And then when um, wool went bust in the early 90s, um, we moved down to Toowoomba. Um, my husband at the time and I moved to Toowoomba because there, was no, there wasn't a living out there on the property for two families. 
So we, um, yeah, moved to Toowoomba and had to find other things. And I got to the city and went, crap, I can only ride a motorbike and count sheep and pick up lambs and, um, you know, drive a bulldozer. What am I going to do in the city? So that's where I started to um, explore different things. And I had to learn to use a computer because we didn't have computers when I was at school. And so all of these things I had to, I guess, try all these different things and upskill myself in a multitude of things to try and make myself employable in the city. Did you feel pretty lost? Um, I guess I was never knew what I really wanted to do. I mean, um, yeah, I sort of knew what I wanted to do when I went to school, when I left school, but then that, that changed dramatically. Was that farming? Or? No, um, I wanted to get into fashion design and, and textiles. Yeah, and off the back of the growing up on a wool property. And yeah, well, just an interest in fabric and fashion and, and sewing and that all my um, life and um, art, really good at art when I was at school, believe it or not. <laughs> and yeah, went home and was sort of booked in to go to um, art college and dad's like, oh, can you stay for landmark and go after that? <laughs> Never left. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it's it's been a an interesting, diverse career, I guess. So, um, yeah, when I went to Toowoomba and then ended up doing a uh, science degree as a mature student mm. and went on to actually get a master's in agriculture. But um, prior to that, I was working with the Queensland Department of Primary Industries in um, biosecurity and, yeah, it's just... I, I really get cranky when people ask, um, teenagers what they want to do when they grow up because oh. my answer is I still don't know well you're just not growing up yeah well, that's, <laughs> that's abundantly clear to anyone who knows me um, but it's really like if someone said to me five years ago you're going to be working in mental health I there's no way I would have even believed that yeah it is so far removed from my training or anything um, but then you know I have close friends now who say this is what you were meant to do this is what you were born to do so it's interesting how things change. It's funny you, you bring that up. A question I do ask <laughs> um, everyone on the podcast is that if they get the chance to go and talk to your 10 students, what is your message to them around a career in agriculture? And I'd be interested to know. Oh, my standard, it's not necessarily even around agriculture, but my standard um, line, which I said to my children and all the nieces and nephews and everything else, um, when they say they don't know what they want to do, and I say, go and get a job doing something. Work out what you don't want to do. Mm. So go and get a job at Macca's. You love it? Great, stay. You don't? Great, go and get something else. So rather than try and work out what you want to do, work out what you don't want to do. Get a shit job and then you'll work out, no, I, don't, I do not want to do this. Yeah. So then that might inspire you to study or do something else. So yeah, work My out My dad what you gave don't me the exact do. same advice. And I, t like, I reckon I left uni. And thinking, oh, this first job is going to be my dream job. Like, you can see the, mm. the pathway ahead. But, like, it's, it's like anything. You don't know what it's going to be like until you're in it. And then that after that, or a couple of years later, Dad said, like, just keep, just keep trying things. Mm. Work out what you don't want to do. And that'll lead you closer towards what it is you want to do. Yep. And sometimes you just fall into it quite by accident. Um, I'm a big believer that everything happens for a reason. You may not see it. You may not understand it. Um, but everything happens for a reason. Yeah. And uh, yeah, work out what you don't want to do. And just on the, in terms of our listeners, we've done a few different um, like mental health chats at different times, but so for people who might be feeling a little bit bogged or yeah, right now, or might come across 
the moment in the next few months or even the next kind of 12 months or a couple of years, what, what's your advice to them around, yeah, not just the person who is bogged, but also the, the kind of people around them? So one of the things I talk about in my presentation is, is having man time in particular, but women need time, women time as well. So that's, um, you know, spending time by yourself or, or with um, people that you feel comfortable with. It, you know, it might be an annual family holiday. It might be fishing with your mates. It might be gardening by yourself. It could be anything. Um, but making sure you have that time to empty that bucket. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes when we see someone or know someone close to us that is struggling and we know they're struggling, and we want to be the one to go and fix it. We want to be the one that they open up to. And sometimes that doesn't work. And sometimes we're too close to the fire, essentially, um, to be much use to that person or we're not the person um, that they're going to open up to. So make sure that person has time with somebody or other people that they are more likely to open up to or, or may open up to. So um, I guess I, I speak to a lot of women who they know their husband or their partner is struggling but he won't open up to them and that's okay and there's a whole bunch of reasons I can go into as to why they don't do that it's not because they don't trust them or love them etc um so my advice to these women is make sure he gets some time with his mates to go fishing or to the footy or whatever it is he does to empty that bucket because he may open up to one of them so when we always want to be the problem solver ourselves and, and we want to be the one to help um, and genu- out of genuine concern, but sometimes we need to go, I may not be the person to do that or the mm. best person for that job. Perfect. No, well, Mary, thank you so much for sitting down and having a chat. I loved your presentation this morning and hopefully um, some of our listeners, wherever they are, will be able to come across you or may have come across you and, and see yeah, just your analogies. I think the, the beautiful thing which doesn't happen too too often these days actually just keeping it simple simple speak i reckon is yeah and I, <laughs> I think we've got to keep it simple and, and don't make it too complicated yeah no, absolutely thanks mary thanks for having me i hope you enjoyed that conversation i think for us here at humans of agriculture it's so important that we shine a light on just the importance of, i think of sustainable people it's it's something which we don't necessarily talk about enough i think in agriculture, we talk about sustainable practices and sustainable farming, but at the end of the day, and this is an area which I'm just so genuinely passionate about, is that unless we're supporting the people within our industry to deliver those innovations or supporting them to come up with those new ideas, make sure that they're looking after themselves because unless we have healthy people, we can't then make sure that we've got healthy animals and healthy planets. And I think uh, if, if you need help or if if you know someone who does, um, there is help out there. And as I said at the beginning, reach out to the TX helpline 488 Or if you're needing urgent assistance, call Lifeline on 13 11 14. These conversations are just so important for us to have. And I hope that each of you have um, yeah, got something out of Mary's perspectives and her work. And if you want to look at it more, jump over to our website, humansofagriculture.com and there'll be a link to more of Mary's work. So as always, look after yourselves, stay safe and stay sane, and make sure that you're being kind to yourself and to others. See you next week.